As we're in the depths of another lockdown, you might be wondering how your organisation can connect with and serve your community in new and safe ways. Upper Norwood Library Hub in South East London has done just that. They've been able to move much of their busy event schedule online. So today we're going to be hearing their story and top tips about how to adapt in lockdown. This is a special bonus episode of Then One Day. In these shorter episodes, we're hearing specific advice from different community businesses that will hopefully be really helpful if you run a similar business or if you're looking to start one. I'm Veronica Gordon. Let's meet today's guests. So my name is Margaret Ajay. I'm one of the hub directors at the Upper Norwood Library Hub. Hello, my name is Galena Rin and I'm the technical manager at the Upper Norwood Library Hub. I'll let Rin take us to the library. Upper Norwood Library Hub is a community-run library in the centre of Crystal Palace, which is southeast London. And it was closed by the council a number of years ago and the community decided that they weren't going to let that happen. So they came together and created the charity, which is the Upper Norwood Library Hub. So um, Lambeth Council provide the books and the librarian and we are responsible for the building and maintaining this beautiful old Victorian building. Rin mentioned there that the community saved the library and I just want to focus on their incredible achievement for a moment. The library has been a fundamental part of the community for over a hundred years. When the library was coming close to being shut down in 2012, determined local residents came together. After protests, many meetings and much campaigning, in July 2016, Upper Norwood Library Trust took on the running of the hub. As well as this, when the country isn't in lockdown, the library hub generates income by letting out space for community use, for arts, cultural and performance events, wellbeing initiatives, organising music events and other projects. The library does house a bar, a recording and green screen live streaming studio. It's got the Library of Things, which is an organisation that hire out objects. So it's like you can hire a carpet cleaner or um, a pasta maker or any number of other things. We have um, children's classes. We have an in-house choir. Um, I'm trying to think of all the things we have and we've got so much stuff. From everything you've heard so far, you can probably imagine how much the place means to the community. Over to Margaret. The library has been in the community for many, many, many years. It's it's a, a sort of a local treasure. And a lot of the people who campaigned to save it said, look, I grew up in this library. I came here as a baby. I came here as a child. So for them, they are, they've got a strong affiliation because it's been part of their, their history, their family's history, many, many generations. And so that's what it means to them. But also, I think there's a huge passion for, for books in our community. People do not want to see the library disappear because, because of that. And it's also a safe space for a number of people. You know, people who are vulnerable, isolated, lonely, they can come in here. So it is a significant presence and an imposing building in, in the tri- triangle in Crystal Palace, yeah. Which is why it was all pretty devastating when the first lockdown was declared earlier this year. But the Hub's team weren't going to just put their feet up. They came up with a great way to reach and serve the community. As soon as we sort of found out that we were going to lockdown, Rin and one of our trustees then, she's no longer with us, Barbara, basically made the decision that, look, we need to move some of the services online. 
we had a team meeting just before lockdown and I was like, right, we're live streaming now. That's what we do. <laughs> live stream. What is live? That's a good question. What is live streaming? Live streaming is doing whatever it is you do in front of a camera and a microphone of some description and putting it on the internet live. No, there's no editing usually. You know, it's just whatever comes out of your face at that time of the day is what goes on live and it's warts and all essentially. And it is a different medium. It's not a podcast. It's not a live gig. There has to be an interaction between the audience and the person on the live stream. Maybe that's just like saying the odd comment or sometimes having a full-blown conversation or sometimes taking like a poll or something like that. You know, just taking something to make the person engage with the folk person that's on the stream. So just to recap, the hub started filming and then broadcasting over the internet events and activities they'd previously held in their building. For example, their first live stream earlier this year was a choir class. The leader recorded the class and choir members joined the live stream to watch and learn. And it was a huge success. The singing basically was our biggest live stream because they had a a ready-made class. You know, they had an audience already. And that snowballed from just our choir to multiple choirs across South East London, all meeting on the same night. They also started a daily live stream called The Library Lunch that focuses on providing local news. It started off by only really interviewing folks that were on the Triangle of Crystal Palace so that we could tell people which businesses were open and who's who was doing what services and what charities were doing things and whether the market was going to be open. So it was really hyper-local to start with. And then that has expanded into doing performers and you know other charities have come on there. We've had a charity from Sheffield come on and have a chat about how they use live streaming and we use live streaming. They were running the library lunch pretty much every day, Monday to Friday, as well as live streamed events for other activities they run. Now back to Margaret to hear her top tips about how to achieve live streaming success. Top tips is having someone like Rain in your organisation. <laughs> Left to us, we wouldn't know where to start from, I'll be honest. So you need someone like Rin who obviously has that understanding and knowledge. When Rin and Barbara and others were doing it, was all volunteering, basically. We volunteered and, you know, through the volunteer, we got more people from the community come to tell stories, read books online. We got a lovely lady who does a mediation. Is it mediation? What does she do again? The um... sign bath, humming bowls. And she did like five minutes every day in the morning just so people have a calming place to go at 9am every morning. So it's, it's that sort of thing. But also you need to have a very good relationship with your community. That's really paramount. And I think because people love the library, and as I said, because they campaign to see the library, they were interested in seeing those things happen online. The other thing as well is that we've got partnerships as well. So I talked about Clear Community Web, who does the digital literacy, and obviously somebody else who is very technologically minded more than me. So he moved the Um, service from in-house online and he's still hooked up to seniors and vulnerable people and people with mental health conditions as well he's still training them and supporting them the other thing as well is money i mean one of the things we did very quickly is that we applied to the arts council for funding because we recognized that the arts performance arts sector was struggling and we wanted to make sure that our artists in our community were supported and could actually use the live stream service so we applied for funding we got the money you know collectively we've been able to help a number of artists to perform online which is fantastic and so it's kept it's kept the spirit going 
pubs sometimes ask for donations during their live streams, which has helped. But luckily, as Rin points out, people don't need to spend a lot of money to live stream. I mean, there's a program called OBS, which is open broadcast software. And it's free and it's what all the kids on Twitch and all the gamers and all these people who are just live streaming all the time, they use this program and you don't have to pay for it or anything. And it's the only investment is really in time. And time is something Rin is willing to give. My whole idea was just to keep the library's brand in the community's mind. And, you know, I just wanted us to be there for our community when things were hard. While libraries all over the country are having to close as they struggle to be sustainable, it's been brilliant hearing how Upper Norwood Library Hub has adapted to lockdown. If you've been inspired by anything you've heard in today's episode or want to learn more about the library, head to powertochange.org.uk for further information. This is a Pixu production brought to you by Power to Change. I'm Veronica Gordon. And make sure you join us in two weeks' time when we'll be heading to Devon to talk to the people who are putting care work back into the arms of their local community.